Last week, we talked about the importance of creating content for your home services business. And hopefully we answered all those questions as to why you should be doing so. Today, we're going to talk about what a healthy, successful content strategy looks like so you can take a look at yours and decide whether it's performing the way it should. Today, I've built the scale. Hi, I'm Rod. And I'm Jeff. Today, we're talking content marketing and how you can get started with it even as a home services company. We know it can be a daunting task to think about all the work that is involved with content marketing. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, you're going to have to plan topics ahead of time. You're going to have to find freelancers to write it. You're going to have to come up with topics on a regular basis that are engaging. So there's a lot to putting together a content strategy, but it can be easier than you think if you're using the right framework. And that's what we're going to be presenting to you today. How can you take that momentum that we hopefully built in the last episode of wanting to start doing more content for your business to help rank higher and attract more customers? How can you put it all together into a nice plan that actually, you know, accomplishes what you're trying to do? So, Rod, just before we get into it, let's recap really quick. Why is it important for home services businesses, especially to be creating content on a regular basis? Absolutely. Well, keeping a regular presence in front of the audience of your audience is important in, for building trust, right? You're establishing credibility and you're keeping your brand the top of mind with these individuals. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, Rod. And, you know, I think overall too, like Forbes did a study and they found out that companies that over six months consistently put out content, they increased their blog traffic by over 90% in just six months. That is more traffic to your website that's people going to you to find answers to the questions that they might have if something breaks at home or they want to upgrade something. You're becoming the authority on that topic. And that cannot be understated how important that is. It's not just blog leads too, Rod, right? Like there's more to this. Do those increased views actually turn into sales for companies? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to your point, you know, obviously like Forbes did a great uh, article on that. And I read it too. We're experiencing that ourselves, right? With the content that we write and the content that we produce for our clients, we see a consistent increase so long as we're outputting uh, that content on a monthly basis. Really, that type of consistency, according to Forbes in that article, it says it also generated 20% more sales qualified leads. So you have to think about putting out that content consistently to be able to generate the new leads that you're looking for uh, from that content. Yeah. And I think what we see a lot of times with home and services companies that we work with when they want to start content, they'll put out content for like eh, 30 to 60 days, right? And they'll be publishing blog posts. They do a couple of YouTube videos. Maybe they start a podcast, like they're getting the information out, but then they stop because it either gets too challenging to edit it and make sure it looks good. Or maybe you had a really good freelancer that just drops the ball and can't uh, do as much work for you anymore. Maybe things get really busy with a bunch of projects and you just don't have the time to oversee it. And then you stop the content and then it's hard to pick it up from there. And then what happens is you almost become your worst enemy because you don't update any content on your website. And then somebody finds you and they come across and they see this company like, oh, wow, the last time they published a blog post was 2009. Like, what's going on here? And it actually makes you look more disorganized. And so it can it can have a it's a double edged sword, certainly. So it's really important to think about. How can you make sure when you start producing content that you are consistent in putting out content and that you don't have these gaps that inevitably happen in our life? And we have a framework that can help you with that. So we're going to jump into that. Rod, real quick, 
Do you have anything to add, like why it's really important to have a framework before you start doing content? It's a plan for content that you're going to create in the future. So it can help you generate creativity and create new ideas within the plan. And it's also like not overwhelmingly open-ended, right? You you have this uh, finite solution that you want to reach. And it ensures that you stay sustainable throughout your content creation and generation process. In a 2020-year end survey, 84% of content marketers said they had a content marketing strategy, which was an increase from 77% who said they, they didn't have it previous year. So, And that's according to SEM Russia, a tool that we use uh, pretty consistently. Essentially, marketers are doing it and they're paying more attention to creating that plan. And uh, it just reminds me of a, a great quote. I think it's attributed to Benjamin Franklin. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So uh, make sure you get your, your documented process in place before you take on something that could be as, as daunting as content creation. That's right. So if you're a committed American and you're patriotic, do what Ben Franklin said and make sure you plan to avoid failure. And we're going to help you plan. So we want to do what the pros do. The pros have a framework. So you're going to have a framework too as you start to build out content. We have a five-step process for building a content creation framework. So grab a pen, grab an iPhone, grab your dog's paw, put some ink on it, do whatever you need to do to write these steps down. And of course, we also have a blog post in the show notes that you can click and read this to later, but take these down because here we go. These are the five steps that you want to follow when you're creating that content framework to be able to produce content consistently and creating good content. Rod, give me the five. Let's start with an acronym that you're not going to be able to remember. (laughs) C-P-C-R-O. (laughs) <laughs> we call it Sapiro. <laughs> we're, we're creating new acronyms here for the marketing industry. So <laughs> uh, the five uh, steps to building content creation f- framework, right? Number one, the first C, conceptualize content, right? Coming up with ideas. Number two, planning a timeline. So when to say what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Three, creating a workflow. Who will do what and how. Four, reviewing and editing content, which is really polishing the voice, maintaining goals in the content, and then five, organizing and uh, storing the, the content, right? Relating, repurposing, and organizing the storage of that previous content that you write as well, right? How it's going to be organized on your website. That's, so that's those it. are the five steps. But I mean, even though you wrote them down, we want to give context to each. So we're just going to go through each of the five and what that should look like. So step one, you have to conceptualize what you're going to create content around Rod, how do I successfully conceptualize, come up with ideas for content for my business? It's going to be different sure. if I'm a roofer or a plumber. So what, what process can I follow to conceptualize? Absolutely. It starts with research, right? Research the content uh, of similar businesses, see what other people, individuals are doing or, or businesses are doing as well online. You know, consider the questions that your customers often ask. A great book recommendation that you can go dive deep into this is they ask, you answer. It's by another HubSpot agency and then ask as well by, by Ryan Levesque. Absolutely. That's, that's another, another one, but there's actually two great books on that whole question asking, uh, framework. That's super important, right? Making sure that you have the answers on your website available to your, your customers that may be searching for you. So think about industry knowledge that you have that your audience doesn't and consider providing it to them. Generate content that appeals to each stage of the buyer's journey. So like you have to think about all the way from the first thought that somebody may need your service to how they think about purchasing your service and, and, and compare the individual services or how they saw their needs all the way through to how they make a decision of like which vendor they decide to go to. 
right? The awareness, consideration, decision status. And lastly, create a topic cluster. You got to come up with a general category, uh, like a, an umbrella topic, right? One example, I mean, I, I can think of is like Impact Windows Miami, right? You want to rank for that, that keyword. And that would be the umbrella, right? And then you would write content around that topic in as much detail as you can in order to help you for SEO and, and a myriad of other other solutions, right? Like, So you're essentially becoming the authority online for that topic and write it as in-depth as you can in, in the supporting articles. Absolutely. That's yeah. really well put, Rod. And you fit that all into such a nice, concise time frame. This is why he's the CEO, folks. He's able to break down <laughs> complex topics into really simple nuggets. Yeah, you got to think about what you're going to put out. You already are an expert in your field. And so you want to leverage that and try and fix people's problems, provide answers to people's problems. So you got to think about what are people looking for online? And we have tools that we can run for that. Rod mentioned, you know, looking at your competitors. There's, there's no shame in doing that and seeing what works for them. So you can also be an answer to that problem. You just need to have a brainstorming process is really what it comes down to. And all the tips that Rod laid out 100% work. It's just dedicating yourself to going through the conceptualizing process. Rod, do you have any overall tips that you could give us when it comes to planning out when you want to publish content? Because we're talking about the second step now, which is planning a timeline. You've come up with ideas, but you don't want to put them all at once. You want to space them out and make sure they align with certain maybe holidays or tax-free weeks or things like that. So what are some tips you have in terms of making sure that you are organized when it comes to planning out your content? Number one, you have to align the content with your overall goals in, in the company. Make sure that it's aligned for each section of your, of your timeline that you want to launch, right? If you're just starting off, I would say focus on, on generating two to three pieces of content per quarter but also base those pieces of content on your understanding of the buyer's journey for your, your customer avatar. I think those three things to keep in mind, aligning the content with the goals, uh, two to three pieces of content, and making sure that it's aligned with awareness stage, consideration stage, decision stage, will get you to a good foundation, right? It'll set you up to be found online by the people for searching when they just find out about that they have a problem. But if you think about the content that you're going to write afterwards for the consideration and decision stage, it's going to help you close that sale a lot better. And it'll, it'll generate more qualified leads so long as you are thinking about that, that buyer's journey. And if you're new to the show and you're thinking like, what the heck is a buyer's journey? I don't, I don't speak this lingo. We have an episode. If you go back into our episode list, make sure you subscribe. We have all these on YouTube and we have them on our podcast channel. You can just check the description below. We have a whole episode discussing the buyer's journey and why you have to make sure that you don't treat the person who just came across your company as the same as the person who's ready to make a purchase and they've narrowed it down to two people. They have different needs. They have different things that they want to see. So you need to think about creating content for people who just found about you and people who are ready to close. And so that's really important. That's what we keep saying, the buyer's journey, because it's a journey. They start somewhere and they end somewhere and it's hopefully with you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Rod. All good points. Look, I mean, we produce three to six pieces of content a week here at Risen to market ourselves. A lot of our home services client, one of our top ones, Alco Windows and Doors, we're doing eight pieces of content a month for them. And that includes written, audio, visual, you name it. So you work up to it, but you also don't want to overwhelm yourself. So I think Rod brought up a good point. Shoot for like one a month to start, two to three a quarter. You know, don't burden yourself. Build up the workflow to make sure it's humming before you expand. 
And that takes us to the third step that Rod mentioned, and that is building a workflow. So making sure that once you've come up with the ideas and once you've kind of planned out when you're going to publish them, how do you get the content from creation to publishing? So Rod, do you have any tips in that regard for what to remember as part of this step? It's really a step-by-step plan of how your content's going to be developed, right? From from outlining the, the content to publishing the piece. So you have to get as specific as possible to include the person who will be responsible for each step. Uh, number one, create a style guide that explains tone, things to avoid, and goals. Jeff, you, you were a critical piece of, of actually developing this for us. Mm-hmm. I, I think like before, you know, working with you, I think we had a little bit of a kind of like a Wild Wild West shooting from the hip type of style. We got it down now, right? We, we understand the, the tone and, and the, and the guidance that we want all our writers to follow. That style guide and that tone is going to help you hire quality writers because you're, they're going to know what kind of company you are and what you want them to do in terms of, of, um, type of content that they want to, they can produce, right? I don't want to toot my own horn a little bit there, Rod, but like I have heard back from freelancers that work for us. Like we love how you give us all these details up front. So I was a freelancer for 10 years before I stepped into the management here of this. And you'll get clients sometimes that are like, oh, I need a blog post on this 500 words. And they give you nothing. And you yes. have to find a way to come up with something. And you have to realize freelancers, it's not just you. Like you're not the extent of their world. They're writing for a lot of different clients. Mm-hmm. So yeah, style guide's so important. How do you want to sound? What words do you want to use to describe the people in your company? If you can lay all that out, it's going to make the writing that much better. And we have a little gift for you at the end of the show that can help you in regards to that. We're going to give you our knowledge. I have dumped my brain onto a piece of paper for you to help you with that. So I just wanted to interject that, Rod. It works. We have freelancers that like working for us and even take lower rate than they would with other clients because of the fact it's so easy to work with Mm -hmm. us. All right. As you were, what else were you saying about building a workflow? No, you, you mentioned, I think, higher quality fr- freelancers, right? Like you can uh, just some wanted to mention some places where you can go and, and get that where we go. Uh, dash yeah. Fiverr, Zeris for writers, easily for designers, free up for everything, <laughs> videos and photos. Uh, so all those those great uh, websites. And like you said, like the providing them a guide is going to is going to go a lot far, further and you're going to it's going to produce a lot more better quality results. And then the last part is edit and refine, right? You can either use a, a freelance editor or uh, you can do a DIY using Grammarly. It, for Grammarly specifically, I just recently saw that there's even a, a company style guide that can be created inside mm-hmm. so that everybody who has an account inside Grammarly in your, in your company has the capability to follow that style guide. It's um, great. Grammarly is yeah, yeah. an awesome tool. Yeah. And don't skip on this step, folks. It's so important. Like, don't create content and then just publish it because you're wasting your money and you could be, again, hurting yourself in the long run. Because if you put out a horrible video, if you put out a grammar just destruction piece in terms of a blog post, like people are going to see that and they're going to be like, this is either amateur hour or these people don't Mm -hmm. really know what I want or they're not trying to attract me in a way that makes me feel confident about their abilities. So don't skip the editing part. If you can't do it yourself, there's tons of great editors on these sites that we mentioned who can do this. I mean, you have to be willing to make the investment. Maybe your uh, maybe your sister or uh, aunt or friend from high school might be willing to help. You know, find a way to make it work, but just don't skip on the review. That's so important. And that's a great point to bring up, Rod. So that brings us to, uh, well, actually, you know what, Rod, before we get to the next step, I just want to really quickly go over when you're reviewing and editing content, I think it's really important overall to think about like 
what exactly should you be looking for when you're editing the content? Like what, what should the, a finished piece of content include that makes it optimized? I think it's important just to uh, take a step back and, and kind of like make sure that you are uh, in the right mindset to, to review that content after it's developed, right? So sure. a well-written uh, piece of content uh, that's keeping in, in with the overall voice and goals of the brand is going to go very, very far in both attracting individuals to you and also converting individuals uh, into sales leads. What we found, and, and we follow a, you know, a partner company's really best practices that they offer, it's uh, offered by HubSpot. So those best practices are seven points, right? And they are setting clear expectations for everyone involved, defining the roles in the review process, determining the timeline to get it done, using a style guide and following a style guide, track the edits of the, the document as well, and then manage the progress as it goes along, right, in the, in the different stages. And then lastly, optimize the content for search engines. So Making sure important. you have a clear meta description, meta title, all the, the keywords are optimized. And then if you have to include snippets as well to better optimize that content, depending on what you understand that search behavior to be so that people uh, can easily access that, that content. Yeah, I know we're getting in the weeds a little bit on some of the details and just, just treat it as grow with it kind of a thing. You want to start creating content and just have the process and we can help you as part as you grow in terms of making sure you get all those little details showing up in Google snippets, making sure that you are on page one, you know, all those types of details. So important. Rod, let's take it home where we've made it to step five as part of this five step content strategy process. And this is the step a lot of companies, again, don't do. And it's so important. Once you've created the content, you have to store it somewhere and you have to keep it organized because you've created it. So you want to have it available because once it's published, that's not like the end of life for it. There's more to it. So talk to us a little bit about what to do with a piece of content once you've published it. What should I do with it from that point? You have to keep it somewhere, keep it stored, you know, store it away uh, so that you can easily access it and find it in the future. Right. Uh, typically, a good marketers reuse a lot of content and a lot of ideas because it, it, it's useful in certain situations. Right. You, you may find that you may need a, a certain piece of content at a particular stage in the, in the buying process and, and you can easily apply it. Right. Just take it out of your file folder and throw it out there to make that relationship happen. And then also uh, linking to previous content. It's it's always a good idea. Google's Mac cut says 25 to 30 percent order of, of the web's content is is duplicate content and, and that's okay according to, to search engine land right yep. lastly i think i would say implement a naming template that includes media type right blog uh podcast uh video ebook essentially it, it creating a naming convention so that you follow the same uh standard in naming your content so that it's easily found when you're searching through any type of uh, organization system right file folder whatever it may be also make sure that it's you have an understanding of the stage in the buyer's journey and the subject of the actual uh, piece of content. Absolutely right. I mean, in the business, since I oversee the content at Risen, we call this a content audit. We basically keep a spreadsheet and whenever something's published, we drop it into the spreadsheet. We make sure that the, the name of the piece is there, the type of the content is there, what's the URL where it's published so we can get back to it, what the stage of the buyer's journey is. That's all important because like you said, Rod, a year down the road, you might decide a blog post you wrote might be more effective if I cut it into smaller pieces and turn it into a video. Repurposing content, there's no shame in that. 
If you listen to this show, we cut this thing into three, well, more than three pieces. This pod, this becomes a podcast, this becomes a video, this becomes a blog post, and then we chop all that up into separate social media posts. We're getting like seven to eight content pieces out of one recording. And mm-hmm. so you can see the power of repurposing content and uh, also just making sure that you're broadcasting it in different ways. That's so important. Mm-hmm. So it cannot be understated. Keep track of what you publish. And there's a way that we recommend doing this. And I'm getting ahead of myself real quick, Rod. We do have some, as we always do, some tools some gifts to give you today that can help you actually get this implemented immediately. Rod, overall, we talked today about why it's important, especially as a home services company. We can't say that enough to put your best foot forward and make sure that you're doing content, but also making sure that your content is good and organized. And we obviously say consistency is a key, and that's where you should start, folks. Even if it's one a month, do that. But you also want to develop that overall content uh, strategy as you grow. We've given you five steps about conceptualizing, planning timelines, creating a workflow making sure that you also have that really, really important step that's also overlooked a lot of reviewing your content and then making sure that you're storing it somewhere and organizing it. Rod, what do we have for tools today that we are offering right in the description that you can use to get started on building better content moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So you you can download our Risen's Content Compass, uh, which is a a document that we use to guide our, our strategy has everything that you need, everything from like the brainstorming part all the way through the keywords you should be using to timeline and and a month by month breakdown of what that content could be. So that's free to download, just clicking the link below. Then the buyer's journey blog post. So explain a little bit about the concept of the buyer's journey of of individuals going through awareness, consideration, decision stage. And uh, the last resource is the free style guide template. If you need uh, to create and establish your style guide for your company, uh, feel free to download that template and, and get started and use it. Yep. These are all things that we use on a regular basis. This is not something that we've gotten from somewhere else. We use this in the trenches every day. We want you to have it for free so you can get started too. And of course, we're always here to help. If you need more information, if you need more support, we have an excellent program for home services called RevGrow which is an end-to-end program that teaches you how to be able to scale your business more efficiently. To find out more about that, click the link in our show notes as well. So we're tiering this. We're here to help you and get you started, but we also have a pro level that can really help you kick things into high gear. So that does it for today. Rod, thanks for joining me as always. It's always nice to sit next to you digitally. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jeff. No problem. And to our listeners, we'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by Risen, a revenue growth firm focused on helping home service companies like yours. We've helped clients in impact windows, garage doors, HVAC, mold remediation, and more grow year over year predictably and safely. Learn more about how we can help you by visiting www.gorisen.com. That's Risen with a Z. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.